Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Warriors All-82 Podcast Trade Deadline Edition. Ethan Strauss wandered into the Brooklyn Arena. I figured I had to get him for a podcast that will not really be about the game that wasn't a good game for one obvious reason. Yeah, well, I think it's because I had that extended hug with Kevin Durant uh, for about five minutes. Wait, no, no, that was Steph Curry. That was Steph Curry. Oh, the but feelings are the same. He would have done it if he saw you on the court. If, if only, yeah, it definitely would have been just like old times in that respect. But, yeah, an interesting night in the NBA. The game, awful. Not even worth discussing. Really didn't matter at all. One aspect is worth discussing. The Warriors got blown out because they traded their entire small forward group before the game or you know are going to trade them so had to pull them from the rotation um and you know we don't at this point of talking don't know exactly where they're going to go i went up to burke's post game and was like hey you know where you're going yet he's like hey hey, how are you oh i've been told not to talk i've been told not to talk um so i think he might know like i've been told not to talk but the team you're not on anymore who cares buddy just talk it doesn't matter yeah (laughs) be vengeful um no uh there were players that didn't know where they were going yet like teammates um and this dropped 30 minutes pregame from what i've heard it was kind of a blind side i mean they both those guys we knew were very vulnerable i mean considering their contract status veteran minimums on the worst team basketball seller um but the way it went down when it went down i saw burke's pregame getting pulled off to the side and told and then he was very stunned um and you know, we can discuss if it was a good move. I think I would like to know exactly what they're getting back before really deciding that. But uh, weird night. Weird night. I don't know how Burks could have been stunned necessarily because it seemed like a fait accompli that he would be dealt. The surprise, I think, is more so Glenn Robinson the third. I agree. Um, I thought he was probably going to – I mean, again, we – if, if some type of first rounder or something's on the table or, you know, I know the, the tax avoidance, which we'll see if they fully avoid the tax. I'm not sure they have yet. Um, that's clearly playing a big part uh, in the Warriors' decision-making lately. Uh, but Glenn Robinson was having a great year, loved the system, loved Kerr, loved the Bay Area, uh, told me, and I'm going to write this post game. told me on the record probably like eight days ago that he was willing to take a pay cut to stay. Uh the head coach believes he can would have probably you know not only been in the rotation next year but potentially the starting small forward shooting 40 percent from three guarding the other team's best scorer now is he an awesome like you know fringe all-star type player no but but they had found and not only found but you got to remember this coaching staff feels like they were really helping develop him and and you know that's that's work out the door for what will probably amount to a second round yeah he made quite the impression kerr was glowing about him now look not not the best ball handler, right? So not exactly an, uh, an offensive attacker, but he can hit a three, and wings are valued. They are coveted. So it was very surprising because it seemed like he was part of this new core that they were building. And, man, it's just so many rumors flying fast. I don't even know what I want to talk about because it could all change by the time this is out, right? We're, we're acting as though Kevon Looney is still on the team at the moment we are talking. We are acting like D'Angelo Russell is still on the team at the moment we're talking, but we just can't be sure. No. Um, the thing with Robinson, too, like the personality was thought to be perfect for the Warriors, and not only perfect for the Warriors, but perfect for a 7th, 8th, ninth type man in your pecking order and the very acceptance of it. The reason why Burks, who's had a similarly impressive year in a different way, uh, was more of a guy that doesn't necessarily fit on next year's version of the team. You know, he's more of a, you know, I'm going to go get mine. I, 
he is looking for a bigger deal in free agency. To me, he made more sense to deal Robinson. I know it stunned him, uh, and it definitely stunned the people kind of on ground zero, even though, again, he was obviously a vulnerable name. And then, as we, you know, as you just mentioned how vital the wing position is, what a horrendous night for the Warriors' future in wings where they trade their two current small forwards, and the guy they were thinking of maybe reuniting with Andre Iguodala signs a stunning $30 million extension in Miami? That's crazy. I mean, that that was the shocker, and... I don't think that's great for the Warriors. The people I talked to with the Warriors mostly expressed um, optimism. Uh, I think they were happy for him. They were happy for him. They they were amazed that he had gotten this thing done for himself. And maybe there is a sense that they'd love to have Andre back. But let's let's also face it. I mean, he's near middle aged at this point. Now the Heat perhaps have a good track record of keeping guys well maintained. But I don't think that I, I, there was so, there was so much buzz, there was so much certainty about he's coming back to the Warriors, he's coming back to the Warriors. I mean, 2015, 2016, that was a long time ago. He certainly was better than the contract, but I don't think that was a guarantee going forward. And so, it's a bit of a blow, but I just don't think that it's I don't think it's a massive blow. No, um, but man, what a priority wing's going to become with very limited resources this summer. Now again. D'Angelo Russell in itself is a resource to use to go out and get a wing. I mean, you know, if if suddenly we're calculating Wiggins into the roster next year, then that's, I guess, your smarting small forward. I would um, like to know, and we probably won't get this answer, of if you could do it over again when Covington's available, do you wish that you would have pulled the trigger and gone with a D'Lo deal? I, I would like to know those answers just because of what you're saying with how many viable wings are out there? How can they add them? They're certainly getting one back in Clay Thompson, but you need more than that. And they just don't have a lot on the roster. No, I mean, and again, the draft pick, you know, maybe they go out and get a guy. And I know there, you- this is a wingless draft. <laughs> this is a draft without wings. I mean, it's it- and definitely, you know, maybe you can maybe you can find a wing that will be good. But again, as you've written about, that usually takes years. You know, you're not going to find a wing that's like. 30 minutes a night, like, you know, really good value next year. Yeah, like, McDaniels looks like a project over there in Washington. Um, Nobody knows if he's ever going to be good. Uh, I guess you could say Tyrese Halliburton as a point guard might be wing-sized, so he's maybe a potential guy, but as far as a prototypical small forward with small forward size, there doesn't seem to be anybody in the upcoming draft where there's certainty that they're going to be good. I mean, I've ideas about converting maybe Paul Reed out of DePaul into a Siakam type force, but that's just, he's so late in the draft that you're really taking a risk. I mean, it's, it's, it's paltry. It's fairly barren. By the way, I, I'm, I'm going to be writing about this. I, Killian Hayes might be my guy in the draft. I'm just throwing that out there. You're deep into the weeds. Deep into the weeds. Yes. What else about this deadline? I mean, what's your thoughts on the Russell, you know, idea of should they have pulled the trigger at this deadline? At this point, they still could in the next 24 hours, although to me it seems like the window to make the move is already kind of passed with Denver slipping into that fourth team. Look, my instinct is get value for Russell, but here's the argument right here against. And it's not the argument of let's try to see if they're going to build uh, the next juggernaut with this three-headed monster. No, it's Cat was so invested, it would seem, 
in D'Angelo Russell coming to Minnesota that now you let the disappointment fester and it gets more and more desperate. And then in the summertime, maybe to just salvage the situation, Minnesota is just even more inclined to give things up. Cat is so desperate for D'Lo in Minnesota. He says, I will fall on the sword. Trade me straight up for him. (laughs) No, that's unlikely. Um, Yeah, or again, uh, you know, a, a Brad Beal becomes available uh, you know a Simmons uh, who you know name your better slightly better star than D'Angelo Russell yeah. and then you add whatever let's say you get the third overall pick you, you you fuse those two together and then suddenly you're getting a package that's way better than anything that could possibly be available to you right now I mean in a way I'm shocked by how much teams are perhaps willing to give up in pursuit of Russell I know he's young I know he's very skilled with the ball it almost seems in many ways like his value has been enhanced by this season with the Warriors wall. I don't know how you feel about it. It hasn't been enhanced as far as just watching, just from, from my perspective. Yeah, no, um, you know, he shoot like if you just look raw numbers, you're like, wow, it's 2020, and this is a guy that's shooting 10 threes a game, and he's hitting 38% from three. Like that's like in itself just offensive value. Yeah. But the defense – it's 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 he's, not winning level. He's one of the worst defensive starters in the league. And, hey, maybe that gets better when he has reason to try, right? It doesn't matter game, to, game in, game out if they win. So maybe you make that an argument for why he's conserving himself. But, you know, I, I, th- I just I, think that's him. I just yeah, think that's him. Which, you know, the funny thing is, like, it's cl- – he has value to Minnesota, not only as, like, hey, you'll keep Towns happy if you get him, but, like, he's just the type of player that, like, you know, hey, come into Minnesota, you know, get the fans kind of going. They're interested in this pairing. You're going to score some points. You're going to have a random 45-point night that, like, you know, maybe attracts more viewers. Um, and Minnesota's going to win 32 games without you. They're going to win 37 games with you. Like, that's – but, but you know, your defense – doesn't necessarily matter as much to them because whatever you know they're just they're just trying to remain a relevant product in in a market um where to me D'Angelo probably doesn't have a ton of value to like winning type teams out there but you you know you look at the teams that are on them Knicks Wolves like teams trying to make a splash and the Wolves fit makes some sense because D'Angelo's flaw offensively is the inability against switches but nobody's going to want to switch when it's Cat and it's it's D'Lo and pick and roll so um, that makes sense offensively, but defensively, I, I look, defense is a thing. It's half the game. I know a lot of people would say, hey, Steph Curry, just as bad defensively no. as Angela Russell. It's not It's not even close. And you've watched a lot of it. I've now watched a lot of it. There's often just no resistance and no fight when people are driving. Um, and so, look, um, I, I'm more inclined towards can you get multiple first-round picks? Do it. That's that's how I feel about it. But some GMs seem to look at this guy as a future star, and if you can get a great deal for him, maybe the Warriors think they can do better. Yeah, so this is just, you know, you can't judge one transaction when this is, like, going to be a you know five-, six-month process of the Warriors completely retooling themselves for next season. Um, wow, some little kid just crossed over an old guy. Maybe, on, the, Warriors on the, dra- Maybe the Warriors should draft him. Is that Halliburton over there? <laughs> um, no. Uh, so, I'm not – it's not a – whatever happened tonight trading Robinson and Burks, it's not like a massive uh-oh type move. I don't like the Robinson aspect of it, but, again, uh, if it's just like a ladder to other moves that ends up spitting out a really good roster to start next year, um, 
it makes sense. I'm curious about them ducking the tax. I need to like really look at the numbers and figure out because I, I that seems to be a priority. Yeah, it seems to be a priority, which is unfortunate, but earned, I suppose. Uh, it's just not something where you want to give a positive assessment of the principal reason it's done is saving money because we're assessing these trades as far as is it going to help the Warriors win games going forward. Um, I think a tough night overall. Uh, still have to be on hold to see what happens this trade deadline. Weird trade deadline. You see some teams on the cusp of contention making some moves. Miami, for instance. I don't know if that really gets it done for them, but maybe they think it can. You know, I, I think what's happening out east, not to get too far from where we are, I wonder if there's a sense that the Bucks are a little more vulnerable than the uh, the point differential would suggest, and that might that might be behind that kind of thing. I, I would agree, uh, especially against like I don't know, like Miami seems like a playoff team the way they're, you know, with yeah. if you got Jimmy Butler and Iguodala that are kind of switching off Giannis in like a you know East second round, like and with how well coached and just the structure of Miami, like. They go up two one, and you know they have a game four in Miami up two one, and the Bucks organizationally are kind of shuddering the legs a little bit because yeah. because of, of what looms over them if they have a flame out. Like I think it's, I mean Pat Riley, Pat Riley typically makes the good Bucks moves. are going to go into a situation if you do believe in the subjective human element of oh god if it starts turning it's all over the franchise is coming undone because let's face it as much as bucks fans hate when people bring up the free agency rumors Giannis has given them no reason to feel good like none he hasn't indicated anything as far as i've seen of i'm i'm really probably going to stay here and also what will that entire fan base what will that franchise be thinking what will some of the team his teammates probably be thinking if they're down 2-1 like uh oh what could this mean if if it's gonna be potentially tight in pfizer uh despite them playing better than any team has played and then on the west you've got this interesting situation in houston where (laughs) you wonder with maury and d'antoni if it's uh hey we're not going to be around here much longer we might as well go crazy let's do let's do just five five small forwards or whatever you want to call their new lineup kind of like pj tucker as a center i like it i kind of like it like why not why not try something crazy i I don't think they'll win the West, but they're going to be tough out because they're going to have a lot of, like, desperate, like, on their last legs of contention-type players. And, like, Westbrook's going to go as hard as possible in the playoffs. And and they may flame out bad. They may lose in five games, and they just may not fit at all. But they're also, like, that's going to be kind of like a muscular, powerful, awkward team to play. They're going to shoot 63s a game. It's going to be cool. Um, And you might as well. If you're the underdog, you might as well ramp up the variance. And so that one's interesting. then... You know, this is for the hardcore basketball fans. Uh, the trade deadline might be engaging, but I don't know. It, it was odd. It was funny to get do the thirty thousand foot view. NBA Twitter, I felt, was locked in, and then when I checked with my sort of sports fan friends, it's just none of these moves rate. None of these moves matter. They don't involve people they've heard of, so that's also interesting as well. Can the NBA get some of its verve back? Can LeBron make a run, maybe capture the nation's attention? Because it's been not only a difficult season for the Warriors, and there's a connection here, but a difficult season for the uh, NBA writ large. Probably not great that the biggest trade of the week was uh, Mookie Betts to the Los Angeles Dodgers. That yeah. was probably the biggest trade of the week. That certainly, was the, certainly the only one that Steve Kerr outwardly loved. <laughs> or inwardly loved. 
right. Um, I will talk to you from homestand coming up. ABC Saturday Night Warriors Lakers. I hear the fans will be wearing Kobe shirts. Uh, there will be a tribute. This is the Warriors' first home game since, and it happens to be against the Lakers. Um, so that you know that should be uh, solemn, but uh, also Andre cool. Iguodala also coming to chase as well. You are correct. Game. So that is a very interesting homestand, and I've already heard they're you know setting up a tribute video for Andre Iguodala Monday night on the Miami Heat. That'll be weird. Can we gamble on what song will be played? Um, sure. What's your you gotta like? They, throw they, they go song. with some standbys. They really like to go with uh, you know. I hope you had the time of your life. You see that one a lot. The graduation song. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. That you, you might see that. You know, it's uh, we we should be able to gamble on these things. But yes, you're trying to do the outro. I I prevented you. Until next time. Talk to you from an interesting homestead.